the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, we are in the house. Thank you for being with us. Stacy is here at my side at the table. We're ready to take your phone calls here for the next 90 minutes on uh, The Bible Live radio program. 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. We'll try to remember to give you that number uh, frequently throughout this uh, program so that you'll be able to give us a call if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts about what? About what? About the Bible. We are reading through the entire Bible every year. Uh, you can go to thebiblelive.com, thebiblelive.com, or just biblelive.com. Either one will get you to the same URL. And uh, you can find there these uh, 260 readings, uh, 15 to 20 minutes long, each one, the entire Bible there so that you can listen now. We are right now in the New Testament book of Acts, the Acts uh, of the Holy Spirit, as we will explain in a little bit why that name. But the book of Acts, G- Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts, the four books of the gospel, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four gospels, the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. And then we come to the book of Acts. It talk- picks up after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, and it picks up there with what happened to this movement, this spiritual movement uh, around this individual, Jesus of Nazareth, who claimed to be and was believed to be uh, the early Christian believers, uh, Jews in the main, uh, in the beginning, uh, his disciples and others who met him, heard him, knew him, saw him live, die, resurrected, and then became uh, followers. They They never stopped being Jews. They never stopped. Uh, that wasn't the whole point. It was they had found their Messiah, the Messiah that was predicted all through the Hebrew Scriptures have, had come. He had presented himself. He had done his work of redemption uh, that was predicted also in the Scriptures and resurrected. And uh, now they are taking this message of hope, this message of new life, this message uh, of power, actually, uh, and salvation to the peoples all across the civilized world of that era, the time the the 
the Roman Empire. So we're we're looking at the book of Acts. We've read chapters. We've already read chapters one through four uh, in the prior week, but this past week we read chapters four through sixteen. So we'll be kind of focusing on the book of Acts tonight. Stacy and I will be taking your phone calls, asking you some questions. Uh, letting you involve yourself in the conversation about the book of Acts and these very, very important truths from the Bible, from this book of history called the book of Acts. Uh, We've already read in the Hebrew scriptures, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings. And when we finish the book of Acts, we'll be going this coming week, in fact, we'll be going back to the books of 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Another uh, book that was at one time one book divided into two sections at the time of the uh, translation of the Hebrew Scriptures from Hebrew to uh, Greek uh, in the Septuagint. So we'll go back and read the books of First and Second Chronicles starting this coming Monday. But, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we'll be finishing up the book of Acts in the New Testament. And that's what where our focus is on tonight is the this movement of God, this movement uh, uh, based upon the life and person, the ministry, the uh, sacrifice of Jesus of Nazareth, his resurrection uh, as, as the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world. Then we, we're picking up now in what happened in those years following his life and the establishment and the, the spreading like wildfire this message of what we call now the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, tonight. We're going to be uh, working our way through the book of Acts. We've got some questions for you. Uh, Let me give you two or three questions from the book of Acts, and you can be chewing on those uh, and giving us a call, 210-340-9585. We already have one caller on the line. We want to visit with Smiley calling here from San Antonio, and he's got a very special uh, event to tell us about, and we'll be with Smiley in just a moment. Let me give you a couple of questions from the book of Acts. Uh, Here's one. One couple, a married couple named Ananias and Sapphira, they sold some property and gave an offering of some of the money to the church in Jerusalem. They sold the property and gave an offering of some of the money to the church in Jerusalem, but they falsely claimed that they were giving all of the proceeds of the sale to the church. And my question to you is, what happened to them? You can read about them in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. Acts chapter 5, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, sold property. They gave an offering of some of the money falsely claiming that they were giving all of the proceeds to the church uh, as an offering in Jerusalem. And something uh, very dramatic happened to them. Can you tell us what happened? Give us a call, 210-340-9585. Now, there's another question here. Uh, In Acts chapter 6, the Jerusalem church, of course, the church began right there, this new this new entity, this, these, these gatherings, the word ecclesia or church really means just a gathering. It's a very uh, unsophisticated word, actually, the, 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 uh, the gathering of those who followed after uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. 
the Jerusalem church faced its first internal dissension. What caused the trouble and how was the problem solved? In Acts chapter 6, what was the uh, problem that surfaced in the among the believers there in Jerusalem? And they solved that problem to everyone's satisfaction. Uh, tell us about it. What was the problem? What was the source of the dissension? And how was the problem solved? Those two questions are out there for you. 210-340-9585. But first and foremost... Let's go to uh, one of our listeners. His name is Smiley. Smiley, that's almost as funny as Soapy. So, uh, <laughs> so we have Smiley and Soapy. We're glad to visit line. with you, Soapy and Smiley on the radio. That that'll be well, a that'll be a first. Yeah, well, that's actually my road name. Uh, I am a uh, branch leader of the Ambassadors for Jesus Christ, uh-huh. and I am and I am Ambassador Smiley. Uh, my first name is really Stephen, right. uh, but everybody oh, calls me Smiley. A... Everybody, everybody knows me as Smiley. So, uh, wanted to call you, let you know about an event we're having on June twelfth. Wanted to uh, uh, wanted to, to put it out to all, all the riders, but we also wanted to put it out to anybody that has uh, uh, transportation that that uh, has nothing to do with it on June 12th that can pray for us. So uh, it's called Siege the City. And, uh, Siege, and we're S-I-S-I-E-G, as in golf. Uh, Correct. Siege, not seize, uh, as in with a Z. With, Siege Correct. the City on Jan- Saturday, Jan- June the 12th. Tell us about it. Correct. Okay, well, we're getting with the, uh, some of our, our other branches, uh, Houston, Virginia, Germany, Finland, Sweden, Austria, Australia, just a couple of them to name off. And what we're doing is we're meeting at 6500 IH35, um, and what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to travel around 1604, and we're going to stop at the four corners of the city, and we're going to pray for the city. We're a ministry of reconciliation, and we need to reconcile the city back to God. Uh, there are so many areas, I mean, just, uh, I mean, there are so many areas that this needs to be done, and we're looking for people that like to pray. Uh, you know, it, it's it, if you're worried about COVID, you know, you can stay in your car. You don't have to get out and talk with other people. That's what makes this nice. Um, you know, and 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 I'm just I'm looking forward to to seeing changes happen after this day, you know, that that we can get, uh, you know, any ungodly people that are in office, out of office, to to see relationships restored, to see um, – just to see the ungodliness that's around us every day just just dissipate. I suppose you'll be praying for young people, for marriages and families, for – Oh, even uh, even the economy, employment and and employers, employees. And I I suppose you'll be praying for all kinds of aspects of our community life. Now, the ambassadors for Jesus Christ are having a siege, siege the city event. They're surrounding the city in prayer. Now, now, let me ask you this, Smiley. Uh, The you talk about. Open to people on bikes. You talk about uh, motorcycles, and uh, is is the uh, ambassadors for Christ primarily a a, a a ministry of of people or bikers and people who like to, the outdoors? Yes. And is that the idea? Yeah, we. 
we are a motorcycle ministry. We go to the motorcycle rallies. Uh, we do other things, too. We, we're uh, talking to Boysville right now about uh, doing an event over there. We're, we, uh, In fact, earlier today, we were out feeding the homeless. Uh, last last Saturday, we were out feeding the homeless. Uh, you know, so, so we have so many avenues that we can go down. Mm. But, but we are we are a motorcycle ministry. Uh, you can you can support us, but to actually be a member, you have to own a motorcycle, have a motorcycle license, and and you know be and be willing to serve. That is That's so me. very interesting. I have a thousand questions about yeah, I know, it. Me too. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, I do you, too. You first. <laughs> well, it, it, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would like if y'all don't mind, can I plug my email in case anybody yes. wants to contact certainly, me? Certainly, certainly, smiling. Okay, it, it's it's SA as in San Antonio Ambassador. It's A M B A S S A D O R Smiley S M I L E Y at Gmail dot com. S A Ambassador Smiley at Gmail dot com. Gmail. Okay, Gmail is easy. That's that's good. S A Ambassador Smiley. What's one of your thousand questions for me? Well, one question. So you said even if it, so I don't have a motorcycle, unfortunately. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I do have a little Lincoln MKX. You have a bicycle? I have a, yeah, I don't know that I could keep up. Uh, but so we can just drive our cars as well. Is that right? Or no? Yes. Yeah, we we are doing this. Um, um, we, we um, you know, of course, the motorcycles will go first and then any cars after that, uh, we, uh, we we will we'll go after that. Okay. Uh, we have four locations. Um, in fact, actually, I'm trying right now to get uh, police escorts mm-hmm. for this event. Um, that's that's actually becoming more of an effort than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so that's that's uh, a little discouraging. But, you know, I, I'm I, it's in God's hand, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you're starting out, you said, at 6,500 IH 35. I happen to know that uh, as Alamo City Christian Fellowship over there on, off of uh, I-35 and Ritterman, right? In, between Ritterman and... In, uh, in between Ritterman and Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Ritterman and Eisenhower, So yes, you're sir. starting out there uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, June the 12th. People will gather. I'm, t- I'm sure there'll be some orientation, a time of prayer, and then you'll start your journey around the city and stopping at three other... Is that right? Three other different places? Actually, four other four places. Four other different uh, places. Going, yeah, we'll, we'll kick, they call it kickstands up at 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. And um, so, so we get an, uh, there's an hour of registration. And then, of course, we will pray and then we'll take off. We'll go up 35. We'll go 1604 around. We'll stop in four locations. Basically, we're going to do, uh, as planned so far, we're going to do northwest first and then southwest, then southeast, then over by the IKEA. Uh, we have a place not in IKEA, but over by the IKEA uh-huh. will be the fourth place we stop. And then we'll go back to the church and do one more prayer and then we'll be done. Wonderful. It's so exciting because, to be very honest, Smiley, of course, uh, and I think you'll you'll think this is, I mean, this is good news, is that you're not alone. There are lots and lots of people praying. San Antonio is a remarkable city in that sense. I've noticed over the last 20 or 30 years, there is a there is a very present, very active, very devout movement of prayer that undergirds this entire city. We've we've watched it. My wife and I, in all the years we've been here, we've been helping develop the National Day of Prayer every year. Mm-hmm. And, and we find we have discovered this under, 
not underground. It's not like they're secret or hidden or anything, but there's an undergirding group of intercessors from different uh, churches, different organizations, but they love to pray, not just in a devotional sense, but in a strategic sense of seeking God's face and, and asking him according to his word, praying according to his word about our city all the different needs. And I believe that you guys, these inter, you intercessors, mm-hmm. are one of the great untold secrets of God's protection and his uh, provision and pros- prospering uh, of our city of San Antonio. I really believe that. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree. You know, uh, I mean, you're so right. You know, I, you know one of our... Um, uh, on our flyer that we posted out, you know, I wanted to say I just wanted to quote Second Chronicles seven fourteen for the people that are, you know, for the people that are going. Well, I want to go, but I'm not really sure. You know, uh, it's it's Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land." And so that's what I'm saying, you know, come out there, let's pray for these people so they will turn from their wicked ways and they will hear him, you know, from heaven. Amen. And that's what I'm looking for. Amen, Smiley. We're so glad to meet you, our brother in Christ. I mean, it's always exciting to meet new uh, family members and folks from all over. You mentioned now uh, Finland, Sweden, Austria, Australia. I've lived and in, in, in ministered in Europe for many years in our early life. Uh, that's exciting that there are, there are groups of bikes riders. I mean, of course, South Texas is famous for uh, motorcycles because we have such a beautiful, yes. the hill country and beautiful weather. And I know there are sections of, of Europe the same way that they're so gorgeous and beautiful. And there are many people there who have bikes. I, I'm, it's exciting to know that you have uh, believers, uh, followers of the Lord who are active in those different countries as well. Maybe, but what I don't understand is how they're going to drive their motorcycles across the Atlantic. I'm, I'm curious. How, <laughs> how do you? <laughs> They'll find, no, they will find they, a way. They, they they are doing their own, like in uh, for for example, uh, Houston's doing theirs, but like Virginia, they're in the Chesapeake area. I see. So they're there, and since uh, since Virginia is so small, like compared to Texas, they're actually going to be driving through seven different cities and praying for all the seven cities. Yeah. Oh my! And so, That's great. <clears throat> Wonderful. Yeah, 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 and then and then you know, of course, you know these other these other uh, countries. You know, I'm not exactly sure where they're writing yet, but in fact, Canada is another one of ours. But uh, because of COVID restrictions, they're actually not doing it this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe so, since so our, it, since our Savior and Lord walked on water, maybe you guys are able to ride on uh, water, ride on water or something. <laughs> well, one day we will be able to, but not today. <laughs> not June the twelfth. Okay, June the twelfth, Saturday, June the twelfth. Uh, siege the city event here, and of course, literally, as Smiley has explained, uh, across the nation, around the world, different cities. But uh, we are an opportunity, a prayer opportunity, especially for many of you who have bikes and love to get out. Go and meet the, these uh, these great folks from the ambassadors uh, for Jesus Christ and have a time of prayer. Riding, of course, fun uh, around the city, but also a time of prayer for our great city and for God's God to bless and protect and Mm -hmm. continue to provide and 
and guide our city and our nation. Smiley, it's so good to meet you. We really are. Would you call us back perhaps? uh, You can call us out again before the event. Call us and let us know. Keep reminding folks. But also, we'd like for you to call after the event. We'd like to get a little report how things went. Would that be okay? I would love to. I would love to do that. And, uh, you know, and I'm hoping we get so many people there. It's just chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, Good good traffic. I I pray the traffic, you know, how he parts the waters, parts the seas. Pray that he parts 1604. We we want some holy chaos going on. Thank you, Smiley. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. Good to hear from Smiley tonight. We're glad to tell you about that event. We'll try to mention it again uh, here June the 12th. Uh, Saturday, June the 12th, yeah. Siege the City. I love I like that. that. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I just love how, when that's kind of what the book of Acts, so yeah. kind of a segue <laughs> here to Acts is what I'm going to say about yeah. this is, I mean, Jesus is uh, not a, or no respecter of any type of person or person or nation or, or there are cowboy churches, there are biker ministries, there are... Oh, I wanted to ask him about that, if they have a, 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 a biker joint, ministry. When the cowboy churches get together <laughs> no, with the biker no, ministry. No, that wasn't it, oh. actually. <laughs> that's like, oh, that's some fun uh, I was church. thinking about uh, if there was any relationship to, you know, like biker other biker groups that we know about that aren't so christian you know oh, there aren't so i'm sure well, i'm I was sure wondering if there's a, any a ministry to them i would be my yeah to them uh, and who knows it might have birthed out, them, out of them out of i don't that, know yeah, that's like always a story right there. always a story to tell well but and in that same way though mm-hmm. how the holy spirit and and that's what jesus does is he brings together people from all uh nations all tribes all tongues mm. all interests all hobbies and uh, unites and, okay. in the name of jesus and that's what happened here in the segue that's uh, right that's what we see in the book of that's acts that's exactly what incredible acts yes just remarkable mm-hmm. you know I, I'm, I'm trying to get away from the use of the word incredible or unbelievable but in this case <laughs> because we gotta believe it is believable it, it is credible i i've i've got to be careful about that because uh it, these are very. These are these. Ha- these things happen. We're yeah. not just uh, yeah. you know telling tall tales here, but the the this remarkable, amazing <laughs> time in history when uh, after the life of Jesus of Nazareth, uh, and, and really he was no in in a sense in a human sense purely human. There's nothing remarkable about him. Even the book of Isaiah says he's not a remarkable man. He doesn't have remarkably good looking or anything like that. Uh, he's He never traveled more than 100 miles from his place of birth. Right. Uh, he didn't command an army. He didn't have a navy. He didn't uh, write books. He did, and here is this, this individual. And He's uh, not what we would typically think yeah, of. Uh, yeah. And then Alexander the Great. Or, but, uh, and, what is it the poem says? All the... Ships that ever sailed, all the armies that ever marched have not impacted life on planet Earth as has that one solitary life. It's an amazing story. And we're reading about the opening chapters uh, and those first 10, 15, 20 years after Jesus has lived, died, resurrected, ascended. And this message of hope, of salvation, of a, of the, the fact that men and women are invited into a confident, secure relationship with the creator and of the universe, with, with God himself, and that we can, we can enjoy a confident, secure relationship with him. And it, I mean, it just spread like wildfire mm-hmm. across the Roman Empire 
millions, hundreds of thousands swept into God's kingdom, not only then, but now through the centuries, 2,000 years now, this message is now proclaimed and he uh, is known and worshiped in, in languages and people groups all around planet earth. Let all the earth praise the Lord. Let every people, every nation, every tongue, every tribe. And that's what we see today, the message of redemption, that God is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus, the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. You're welcome to give us a call. We have a couple of questions out there on the um, uh, out there on the, on the airways for you. One couple, Ananias and Sapphira, tell us about them. They sold property, some real estate, and they gave an offering of some of the money, but they falsely claimed that they were giving all of the proceeds to the church in Jerusalem. What happened to them? Chapter 5, verses 3 through 11 Tell us the story of Ananias and Sapphira. We'd love to hear from you. If you call in, all who call in tonight, we're going to take your phone number down. We're going to have a drawing at the end of our program for a beautiful brand new Bible. So we'd like to put your name in the hopper for that drawing. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. And then we ask another question about Acts chapter 6. The Jerusalem church faced its first internal dissension. Uh, and instead of splitting, <laughs> as we want to do in our era, right, mm-hmm. church splits, uh, that's our means of church expansion now, <laughs> is splitting, it seems like. But the church yeah. faced its first internal dissension. What caused the trouble? What was the problem? And how was the problem solved? That's found in Acts chapter 6. So if you can give an answer to either one of those questions, we'd love to hear from you. 210 340 9585. Any comment there, Stacy, as we're making our way out for our first break? Oh, just, uh, no, I guess we'll set the stage for Acts when we come back. Okay. We'll answer those questions. We'll talk a little bit about just the people group, too, that are brought together and how maybe that even plays into today's um, headlines. Scene and headlines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So stay tuned. We'll talk about the idea of Israel. Who is, what is biblical Israel? We need that question answered because there does seem to be a, not, I mean, there's a, there's a I don't know if you call it a problem or not, but there's a lot of different yes. understandings. When you read the word Israel, yeah. what are we supposed to understand? What does it mean when you read that in the Bible? We'll come back and talk about that all based upon the book of Acts. 210 340-9585. Don't you dare go away because we're going to be right back. Just you know the Shine, Jesus, shine. Good God. good job there, John. That's a great, great old song. I haven't heard that in a while. I love that that old tune, really. Uh, we are back. This is the, the Bible Live here on this great station, and you can give us a call, 210-340-9585. We've got some questions out to you from the book of Acts. We asked two questions from Acts chapter, let me see, Acts chapter, what were, uh, chapter six. Six, yeah. The Jerusalem church faced its first internal dissension. What was the first uh, kind of internal conflict that raised that r- raised up in the Jerusalem church in Acts chapter 6? What was the problem and how was the problem solved? 
And then there's another question about this married couple, Ananias and Sapphira. They sold some property, uh, some real estate, and they gave an offering of some of the money, but they falsely accused, uh, falsely claimed that they were giving all of the proceeds of the sale to the church. Uh, we don't quite, we're not given an example of the motivation. We don't know why they did that or why they were, I'm sure they regretted it afterwards because of what happened to them. But that's our question to you. Uh, do you recall, do you know what happened to this married couple in Acts chapter 5 uh, in this moment? And maybe you have a thought too about why. Why would that happen to them? And then finally, we ask you a question about Israel. Uh, and this is an important question as well, not only in the biblical sense of the book of Acts, uh, almost every book of the Bible talks and u- uses the word Israel. Now, uh, Genesis picks up with uh, Abraham in chapter 11 and the Abraham, Isaac, and, and J- Jacob, and it, Jacob's name is changed to Israel and so on. So we then the name Israel begins to be very prominent throughout the scriptures and and we we know that and so we our question is then is what today in today's time as we read our bibles today you read the old and new testaments and so on when you read the word israel what what goes through your mind what are we to think what does it mean to us and so we had that out there for you as well and we've gotten a caller on that already a uh, young lady calling in uh named Elsa and we're going to try to get Elsa on the phone here and see if we can't talk a little bit. Uh, Elsa, how are you tonight, Elsa? Good to be with you. Are you still there? I'm still here. Good for you. Well, I was really touched by your opening words. I said, hello, Elsa, how are you? And you said, uh, (laughs) Israel, I was calling about the Israel. Isn't that, and and so how is, explain to the folks here, maybe that simple words that you used. Who would you say? How do you understand Uh the word Israel? Um, Right now, it's it's us. It's us. It's us. I I, I just love that answer. I thought that was so so simple, so beautiful in its (laughs) simplicity. Uh, And I was curious. Because I, I guess you do understand that, of course, there is a nation today, a modern nation yes. called Israel, and their missiles are being fired at them, to, even today's newspaper. And if you go online, you can see the rockets from Hamas, uh, from an area of Gaza, or a Palestinian mm-hmm. area. Rockets yes. are being fired on the uh, civilian population of Israel. And what's the thing called, Stacey? The Iron Dome. The Iron Dome. Oh, you can see that Israel yeah. has the technology to to uh, shoot those missiles down, most all of them at least, without causing harm. And so we know there is a, a modern-day nation known as Israel. And, of course, in the Bible, Old and New Testaments, there's this word Israel. I mentioned the fact that uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob's name is changed to Israel. It means... Uh, uh, let me see, wrestled with God and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I'm changing your name to Israel because you have wrestled with God. And remember, that was Jacob who had a wrestling match with a, a, a man. We're not told much detail there in the book of Genesis. Uh, but and, presumably. Uh, presumably God. Yeah. So his name is changed to Israel. And 
uh, his children, and Jacob has 12 children, and they are called the children of Israel, mm-hmm. the tribes and so on. But how did you come to that understanding, Elsa, that, uh, that when, it, when the Bible talks about Israel here, particularly in the New Testament, uh, it's talking about all of us. And by us, I, I'm assuming you mean those of us who are believers, those of us who yes. love God and follow God and trusting in Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, <laughs> the, the Messiah of Israel, right? So how did you come to that understanding? Was it difficult or did it, did you always feel that way? Or was no, it some... it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It was all this time until it's like I, I realized it, but not before, long time. Long time. Uh huh. Was it? Was that always your understanding? I remember as a young believer myself. I grew up. Uh, uh, I came to faith in Jesus when I was seven or eight years of age. I studied the Bible. I was taught the Bible. I memorized Scripture. I, I've always loved the Bible and the Word. But I remember early on, oh, for the first, I would say maybe even uh, twenty years of my walk with the Lord in time, uh, maybe even more. I didn't quite understand Israel. I, I I didn't know what is it. Is it is it a piece of real estate? You know, is it a country over there? You know, this and there is that certain. You know, God did promise to give this land. You know, called Israel to to Abraham and to his descendants. And then there was then there was the idea. Well, is it a certain people group? Was it just this the descendant? Is it a geopolitical place or it, ethnocentric? Or uh, ethnocentrically, yeah. Right. And or, or you know, so I I remember I had a little bit of a problem early on, coming to a clear understanding. Did you ever have any kind of uh, as you read your Bible? Was there ever a time when you didn't understand it that way? No, as a matter of fact, I I, I don't read the Bible that much and <clears throat> no it's, it's, I read the Bible the Psalms and uh-huh. uh, some of the New Testament but I'm not 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 as often as I should mm-hmm. but well, and, yeah. it's very interesting because uh, I don't know if you I don't know I, I suppose you're aware of it that there there is a lot of Maybe Stacy, you can explain what is some of the what are the some of the different ways that people understand Israel, and why is it an important question that we try to if you're going to understand the scriptures, because the Bible actually you know uses the word Israel over and, over, and Paul talks about it in Acts and yeah. Romans and so on. Can you do that, Stacy? Oh, well, that's kind of a loaded question, a little bit, but. Um... I mean, I think it's generally important to never associate any one people group on this earth, for sure, uh, as God's kingdom. Um, And the moment that you start to say that being a a person, a people of God, is means you have to be a certain citizen of this kingdom, you that is a false. That is a that is a false kingdom and it seems dangerous just on the face of it sure certainly and uh and so while we can and while god uses and works through kingdoms absolutely why we pray that that a government be a godly biblical um 
uh, in its laws and in its rulings, in other words, that they are abiding by the the law, nature's law and what God has revealed, um, we can't ever say that being a people of God means you have to mm-hmm. be a, a, a yeah. U.S. citizen or an Israeli or a, a North Korean or a South Korean or any any kingdom here. It was always, always a eternal kingdom. It was always about the kingdom that he is, that is not defined by political lines or by geographical lines or by ethnicity or language. And that's the beauty of acts. I mean, these, they come from all over during Pentecost from Mm. all different, uh, geopolitical geography, I guess, and all different languages. And it, that is not, it is mm-hmm. not, uh, but what unifies them is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when the Holy Spirit beca- comes on them, they become the temple. The temple had always, you know, been a building, mm-hmm. but no longer is it a building. It is the people that are touched, that are claimed by that, that God indwells. Like it also says, like it's, us. it's us. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Israel. We, we are the people are, of God. Yeah. Well, I don't know Elsa, if that thank helps, you. but yeah. Thank you for calling in because that is a very, very important insight. Yeah. Uh, and yes, there was, there is, and there was, and there is a nation, a even a physical land called Israel. There is a nation. There was a people group called Israel. There was a nation called Israel. And yet, the deepest meaning, the most true uh, and everlasting meaning of the concept of Israel is that. We are the people of God, people right. who love God, follow God, trust in God, and desire him. And, uh, of course, and, today, uh, of course, we talk. And Paul points this out in the book of Romans very clearly. He says that, that uh, we are been, we've been grafted into Israel, the, the Gentile world. Now, as Gentile believers, we've become a part of Israel, spiritual Israel. And uh, so that is a very important truth. For us to have today, I I so appreciate your calling, Elsa. Yes, did, Elsa, yes. I hope we got. Did we get a, a phone number for Elsa? So we're going to give away a free Bible this evening. Would you? Uh, yes. Let me get John on the line with you. Did you have the phone number already? Yes. If you don't mind giving his phone number, we'd love no. to gift you a brand new Bible. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Elsa. Hang hang on, Elsa. Don't don't go away. Uh, John's going to talk with you for just a moment here. Okay, John, I'm going to have to hit the holy button here somewhere. Um, so Elsa is going to visit with John and get that information. You can give us a call as well, 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585, and we will take your phone call. And you can answer questions about uh, what do we have. We've answered the question about Israel. Let's see. Uh, tell us about this married couple, Ananias and Sapphira, who gave a false real estate um, report on their income tax re- report, evidently, and they got in trouble. Tell us about them in Acts chapter 5. Tell us about uh, the first problem, the first kind of uh, internal problem that the church in Jerusalem faced. Uh, and, and instead of splitting the church, which could have caused a great deal of trouble and problem, they solved the problem in a very positive, uh, uh, God-honoring way. And so we'd like for you to tell us, what was the trouble? What was that first crisis that the young church in Jerusalem faced? And and how did they solve it? 
Uh, I guess we could uh, ask another question here that's very key to the understanding of the book of Acts. What made the Christians leave Jerusalem? Remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power. He's talking to his disciples, his followers. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And Jesus had been telling them about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was going to come uh, and, and, and to uh, take a new relationship with his people when Jesus, after Jesus' death and resurrection. He said, the Holy Spirit will come, you will receive power, and you will be witness for, witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. What was it that um, made the Christians leave Jerusalem? All right. What was it that made the Christians leave Jerusalem? You'll find the answer in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Why did the Christians leave Jerusalem? Were they just eager to obey Jesus' command and go out and do what he told them to do? Or was there some other reason that they left Jerusalem? All right, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. If you'd like to give us a call, the phone number is 210-340-9585. And love to hear from you. We're going to put your name and phone number in a drawing, and we're going to give away a brand new Bible this evening at the end of our program. So if you'd like to be part of the drawing or just call in and be a part of the program and and, uh, and um, kind of answer, help us answer some of these key questions from the book of Acts, we'd love to hear from you. So let's see here. So now you, let's. You brought up. Uh, Holy Spirit. Yes, I did. And then earlier you said Acts. Yes. And uh, you uh, hinted at Acts of who? So. Yeah, possibly well, is it the Acts of the yeah. disciples. Or uh, sometimes it... in their Bible, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. You know, if you, in some the, the kind of the what do you call the subtitle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Acts of the Apostles. Uh, but most people would agree that really it's much more about the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here uh, all through the book. We we meet early in chapter two. We have this dramatic occasion mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit comes in a very new way now to inhabit, to walk with uh, the people of God. Uh, Jesus had been to- telling the disciples that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy When the Holy Spirit and comes, he's going to do this. And up until this point, the Holy Spirit had pretty much been confined to the built to, to the temple. Is well, that the idea? Yeah, it, not not entirely because right, you not read, entirely but uh, in, in the old testament obviously the holy spirit is one of the three persons of the godhead mm-hmm. the holy spirit is never spoken of stacy in impersonal terms it's never called an it mm-hmm. uh he is never called an it uh he is never given an impersonal pronoun mm-hmm. or it's uh, the holy spirit is always spoken of in personal terms. Mm-hmm. He has intellect. He has emotions. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Uh, and he has will. The Holy Spirit decides and, and guides people and makes decisions. So the Holy Spirit is a person, one of the three divine personages that we find in the Godhead. Uh, we know them. Uh, Jesus popularized the, the words to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now remember, any names that are given to God, uh, Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, um, any of the names that we, uh, Elohim uh, for Lord, uh, 
any of the names we have for God are given. They are not. They are not in themselves definitions. They don't give us the sum total of all that God is and who He is. They they get names. God has given names uh, to the people, uh, His people in the Old Testament, and all through the New as well, on the basis that it explains something of His character. It displays something of his ways, of the way God operates and the, his priorities. So we have Jehovah Rapha, you know, God our healer, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, other names that were given. So a name is never a definition, but we're told by Jesus himself in the New Testament, he is the first to give us. Not, now, the Father is referred to in the Old Testament. Uh, the Holy Spirit is referred to. The Son of God is referred to. But Jesus is the one who gives us the formula of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And they are there to get, help us understand something of the, the the work of God, his character and his ways and, in terms uh, and of his the, priorities. And his presence. I would, I don't, to me, it seems as if the Holy Spirit often is an indicator of the presence mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. God. That's his kind of revelation to us in that personal way. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I, when we think through the Old Testament, that presence was a pillar of fire or mm-hmm, a mm-hmm, smoke, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. in the temple, it was that fire mm-hmm, on the, mm-hmm. the and what they call the uh, the, the holy of holies manifest presence of God is a name for it in the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, maybe one of our listeners can call and tell us uh, the uh, uh, something glory, the Shekinah, the Shekinah, Shekinah glory, glory of the Lord. Right. Uh, well, the Spirit is always spoken in personal terms, and in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did interact and did uh, come upon. Certain people were told that he, and that's the that's the formula that is used. He came upon even Saul, the mm-hmm. king Saul. Mm-hmm. He came upon Saul. He prophesied. He preached. He came mm-hmm. upon certain prophets and certain mm-hmm. exercise of their right. ministries. But you get this idea that even you get this idea that as wonderful and as 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 powerful as the presence of God was, there's also a dangerous aspect for people. I mean, there is a you there's. Who was it that walked into the presence? And, oh, uh, not and, walked into. He the, touched the. Uh, sure, touched the ark of the, the covenant, ark, right? And then also, who if, if you walk into the presence unclean, you will. I mean, remember they would tie a rope and a bell around the ankle of the priest just yeah. in case they didn't yeah, make it. Yeah, on the it. one one time of the year when the high priest was to enter the holy of holies, right. on the uh, the day of atonement, mm-hmm. uh, Yom Kippur. The high priest was to, was allowed to enter into the holy of holies to sprinkle the blood of the goat the, the mm-hmm. uh, on on the on the altar on the on the ark of the covenant and, and but he better be careful do it only the way God told him to do it and when God tells him to do it and to make sure that they always tie, I understand right. they tied a rope around his ankle and he wore a bell so mm-hmm. that as long as he was moving the bell was still ringing we know he, he's still alive. But in case he did something wrong and paid the penalty, the ultimate price, well, then they could drag his body right. out of the Holy right. of Holies. Because so on, there was, yeah. Right, because in that sense, although God's presence, I mean, and even with, with Moses, you get that idea because it's too much. I mean, we are mm-hmm. unholy, Who you know, we are. And uh, so it is a just a really beautiful, powerful thing to me to see going from the Old Testament and there's kind of an external presence of God, and then into the New Testament, yeah. 
With the ultimate it, sacrifice of Jesus. It, yeah, it comes upon individuals for a season, for a particular battle, particular yeah. message there to deliver, for right. a particular purpose. The Holy Spirit comes to come, but then it, and it's, it would it's, depart. The sure. Holy Spirit would depart from. And it's also very closely tied to those Levitical, to the Levitical law, to the law of cleanliness. It's very tied to a, a holiness, uh, an external mm-hmm, cleanse. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I would assume to show more of a deference and a... Uh, and a sobriety in the presence of a holy God more mm-hmm. than it is. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was no way we could actually ever be clean enough. Mm-hmm. But, but the Holy Spirit would come upon them to equip them, to enable them, uh, empower them, to communicate mm-hmm. with them a certain message and important in that era. So the Holy Spirit has always been there. Yes. But suddenly, and I say suddenly because it happened on a particular day, mm-hmm. uh, we call it Pentecost now, 40 days after, I think, after, uh, after, 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 40 days after the, um, the uh, I think the Passover, okay. I believe that's what it is. But uh, Pentecost, 50 days, I'm sorry, Pentecost, 50 days. And then we, the, the Holy Spirit, they, the, the people are, the followers of Jesus are gathered they're doing what he told them to do. They're waiting in Jerusalem, as he, they were instructed, and they were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them Ability and at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. uh, other people who had followed after the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob from all around the world, and that was part of the job of the Jewish nation was to get keep get the news out about the true right. and living and God. At this point, uh, and maybe this is a question: so would Ruth have been considered she a Jew? Ruth? Yeah, I mean, go, oh, go, go back. Right. Yeah. So Ruth had converted from a Moabite to, to Jew. Sure. And so this is not. Well, she didn't are, convert from a Moabite. Right. Because that's yeah. a national significance. Whatever the, I guess. Whatever, religion, what might have been her religion. Right, right. But, but she came to follow after God and of, the, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Abraham, Isaac, so and Jacob. So these were every nation and not even necessarily. I mean, they could have been Jew t- Gentiles. Oh, of course, they were to, Gentiles. They were, were Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were people there from Jews, present, and, and the Holy Spirit came upon these men and women. Now, there is a manifestation of power here. That's the idea of the uh-huh. wind, mm-hmm. the sound of a great wind and storm. Uh, and then also the tongues yes. uh, signifying a, a sense something about communication. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit is there to empower yeah. our lives Transform, the supervises transformation of our lives and also to empower and enable us to communicate in a powerful way this message of salvation. So we'll talk about that more and we're going to talk about the idea of tongues, this idea that they spoke in other languages here without learning them. We're going to talk about the phenomenon of tongues in the book of Acts and in the New Testament when we come back and hopefully we can kind of unscrew the inscrutable for you help you to make a little bit of sense of what the bible is talking about when it talks about speaking in tongues so we'll be right back don't go away 
Thanks, everybody, for being along. This is The Bible Live, our final segment. It's flown by this evening. I so appreciate Elsa calling in earlier and uh, giving us her help with the idea of the concept of Israel in the Bible. Uh, And I hope you heard that explanation and it's helpful to you. We're looking at Acts chapters, uh, uh, several chapters. Now, let me me give some of the answers to some of these questions. One couple, Ananias and Sapphira, they sold some real estate. They gave an offering of some of the money, but they falsely claimed that they were giving all of the proceeds to God, and they both died. I mean, that's not, they didn't just get, you know, here's a little. That kind of echoes back, though, to that priest that on that day would walk into the presence of those. So here they now are the temple. They are the, Mm -hmm. and you can, it is just as powerful. The Holy Spirit is not to be, you know, taken like he, he lightly. Is lightly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they were waltzing kind of in living life. Yeah, that though. was going to be my question as to why do you think a lot of, right, a lot of <laughs> and of course, we would just be conjecturing in a sense. Right. Uh, we can read the story. You can look at all the language and see what happened. This was a very important moment, uh, the transition when God was revealing his new way of dealing. He was going to dwell in and among and with his people. Uh, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this was a sign right off the bat that, hey, this is serious. Yeah. This is not something little, little, little theological concept that you can you know dawdle with and play with and play around with. Right. This was a very serious matter. And I think. Uh, it, it had that effect on the church in Jerusalem. It said there was great fear and right. awe came right. upon the church because fear this <laughs> fear of the Lord. This is a, a very important moment that God used. Now, uh, we don't know what this means about Ananias and Sapphira. We're not told about it. Right. were they true believers and knew God and, and go to heaven. I mean, they may have been and may did, but, but the example here, the lesson was, these are serious matters that the Holy Spirit now dwells in and among his people. And that the the purity of the temple, the purity Mm. of us, the purity of the church does matter. Does matter. It is. mm -hmm. Yep. Well, then that's uh, from uh, chapter five. In Acts chapter six, the Jerusalem church faced uh, its first kind of a crisis. And frankly, we would understand it. A lot, I guess, in our times, because we're so, uh, what are we, so ethnically sensitive? You know, we're, we're this group and that group, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, these lives matter, and these lives matter, and whose lives matter, and what color, red, yellow, black, and white, you know, were precious in his sight, according to the, the old song. But uh, what happened is that they had a little bit of an ethnic uh, crisis. They, yeah. the, no the, surprise. I they mean. were <laughs> Greek widows and the yeah. poor. Yeah. Uh, in the church, they had a food distribution. They were uh, one of the things that they were doing is that they they were sharing their money. People were bringing their offerings uh, and, and sharing together. Now, this was not socialism. Some people have tried to say, "Well, see the New Testament; they have socialism." So, socialism, and, and it's, that's not the difference. Is 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 
this was voluntary. Right. <laughs> they <laughs> they weren't charity. mandated by the Holy Spirit. Now you got killed by the Holy Spirit if you didn't. But no, no, no that's not what happened. Don't take me seriously, folks. But uh, no, uh, but they they were sharing things in common, and they were taking care of the of the uh, poor, the needy, the orphans, the widows, and th- they noticed that the the uh, Greek widows were being um, overlooked. Uh, somehow in the food distribution, uh, it could have been a linguistic problem, a culture, you know, just communications. Mm. But they solved the problem that they they invented a a, <laughs> a member of the church. They called out seven men and they called yeah. them deacons. Yeah. And they this a word that simply means servants. Uh, they became servants and they were appointed to oversee the ministry of feeding the hungry and taking care of the widows and the poor and the orphans, while the apostles that were then set free to continue to preach and teach the message of the gospel to to the people at large and to the, the members of the congregations as well. So the the deacons were appointed, and that's we Stephen is one of these first uh, seven men. Uh, and Stephen actually becomes the first uh, martyr mm-hmm. of the nascent, uh, just birthed Jerusalem church. Uh, and and we, we, it's a very famous story, a uh, well-known story, this y- young man named Stephen. He's not only a gifted servant. Now, all of these men have Greek uh, surnames, so we, we're thinking that it looks like they were appointed to kind of make up there was a little bit of linguistic or uh, ethnic sensitivity there to you would be the best ones to help serve in that area and uh they did that now uh Stephen is also a very gifted preacher is a very gifted scholar he understands uh Jewish Israeli history and especially in light of the messiah and at his at his uh in acts uh, chapter seven, when he delivers his message to the um, people of Israel before he is stoned to death, uh, he gives a masterful uh, review of the Old Testament history and the coming of the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. So Stephen uh, is there. He his his uh, martyrdom. By the way, when when Stephen is martyred, he his last vision. He says, "I see Jesus." standing at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm-hmm. And that is the only reference in the New Testament. Or, or we have other references to Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, at the right hand of authority. Mm-hmm. But this is the only c- occasion when Jesus is said to be standing. Mm-hmm. He stands to receive <laughs> yeah. the first martyr. The oh, first, oh. Uh, I just It makes me that cry. Does. I just didn't <laughs> think of that. that. Does yeah. To receive Stephen into his presence. Yeah. So anyway, that's found in um, Acts chapter 7, and, and that was the beginning of a time of persecution mm-hmm. on the church. Mm-hmm. Well, real quickly, kind of, and what you do start to see here is that you, know, you hear about Acts being kind of the upside-down kingdom. You mm-hmm. do start to see this kingdom of God start to to organize mm-hmm. as a kingdom might you know mm-hmm. as a kingdom in other words this is the body now of Christ this is this is the 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 heavenly citizenship right is here now the church well you've got those that function best in 
this capacity as deacons. And mm-hmm, so they start mm-hmm. to become the deacons. And you've got these that function pastors in this, and pastors teachers and, and apostles teachers, and, and missionaries. They kind of yeah. break out just like a society would. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you talked about, you know, you mentioned Marx or socialism, the kind of the mm-hmm. accusation. And one, yes, it's voluntary. Uh, and then uh, you, you do, you, you know, so that's one different socialism is a taxation. But uh, but also, I mean, the real distinction is that the one in charge in Christianity is is perfect, mm-hmm. is God Almighty, who is perfect and holy and completely loving and completely just and completely no kingdom can claim that in this. Way. So mm-hmm. in terms of a difference, well, when when God tells you to give, you do you give <laughs> one because because you because he loves you and he's perfect and he's God Almighty, he's all powerful, and you in turn love him and want eternity with him, mm-hmm. and so you do it out of love and because he is worthy of it. Mm-hmm. A government tells you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're flawed, broken humans, and in terms of so in in term that that's that it's, I think it's is, based on power. It's based, based on might. Whereas the 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 yes. the Christian Church is based on service. The yes. Jesus is our King, but He is a servant, servant. King. He serves His people. Yes. He saves His people. That's right. He preserves it. And even here in the New Testament, we're told Paul points out in his letter to the Ephesians that the pastors, the missionaries, the the um, those uh, the 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 evangelists mm-hmm. they are there's is a servant role right. the real the right. real main character the 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 heroes of the church age mm-hmm. are not the full-time vocational people the missionaries the pastors the evangelists and so we tend to think of them you know oh, the pastor he's up in the high and mighty in the in the pulpit and so and i'm not disrespectful of pastors i love you men and women who are willing to serve as God has called you to, but the role of, okay, the role of, the role of the uh, leaders in the church is the role of service, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what Paul says. They are to serve the body of Christ, helping. The real heroes are the laymen and women out there, John and Mary Christians, uh, the Elsas of the world, mm-hmm. uh, the the you know the Johnny and the. Uh, what's his name? Smiley. <laughs> uh, these men and women who are out there rubbing shoulders every day, making a living, working in an office or or construction or whatever our different jobs in the hospital and so on and so on, doing our jobs, but we're touching lives. And as we go, we are influencing, we're telling others the story of Jesus. We're helping others come into that relationship with God. The pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, our role is to serve you equip you for the for the fullness of your ministry that's our joy and our privilege and delight mm-hmm. but uh but but the holy spirit is the one who he is the head of the body he is moving us and what he did in this early church is um they they were not moving out they were they were kind of maybe a little comfortable in jerusalem everything's going well we Got a growing, and this is under this is under Nero. Yeah, the, under Nero, uh, the persecution begins to raise up, not only from from the Jews in Jerusalem, from and what I mean by Jews there, I don't mean all. Remember these converts, these early converts in the church, were principally mainly Jewish men and women. Right. And so we're who, not who who the leadership of the Jewish considered dangerous. Most I mean, of the leadership at that time did they. 
they thought it was a, 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 it was a threat to their, to Judaism as they understood it or to their power or to their whatever. Uh, and so there was a schism, but, but most of these older believers now, remember they are Jews. So don't just categorically always say, well, the Jews, they don't, <laughs> the apostle, I mean, Saul, the apostle Paul himself is a Jew of, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee of the fear of Pharisees. So we've got to be careful in our language when we talk uh, about this. But th- there was a, a division. There were people who just simply uh, opposed Jesus. They opposed uh, for political, for for ethnic, for money, re- whatever. All the different reasons that people reject Jesus today. There are a lot of pride, arrogance, money, prestige, well, influence. Yeah. So, but but uh, the. Uh, uh, persecution raises up in Jerusalem after after uh, Stephen is martyred, and it forces the believers to leave Jerusalem, and they spread out to where Judea, Samaria. They go to the to the surrounding regions, uh, just like Acts chapter one verse eight. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. So that's what we see here in Acts chapter seven, eight, nine, ten. The church scatters from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and it takes an important, uh, it, it establishes a very powerful, important center up in, in um, um, Tarsus of, of um, Caesarea, Saul of Tarsus, remember? Uh, there is a Tarsus of uh, a Pisidia, another one, but this was uh, another church mainly made up principally, or at least to a great degree, by Gentiles. And uh, now we're told in Acts chapter 9 that Saul, this same devout Pharisee who officiated at Stephen's execution, he is traveling up to Damascus. Remember, it used to be the capital of the Aramean Empire. He's going up to Damascus to arrest and imprison believers there. This guy was seriously opposing uh, the gospel of Jesus of Nazareth. The gospel, they did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. Saul was a was, was a disciple of a very powerful, influential Pharisee, a recognized es- expert in the law, the law of Moses, the Torah, and he was an advisor. Uh, he was a member of the High Council, the Sanhedrin, and he advised the hang- the High Council against killing the apostles on the chance that they might be fighting against God. Now this. This important Jewish leader had a young Pharisee that was a, a student of his named Paul of Tarsus, Saul of Tarsus, and he is the one who becomes the great apostle Paul, his Roman name designation. He is born free. He is a freeborn Roman citizen, which becomes important because in the book of Acts several times he is saved by his Roman citizenship. Uh, saved from beatings and imprisonments because you know you, you, there were laws about how you could treat a Roman citizen, and he was in uh, had Roman citizenship. So anyway, I want to ask you a question: What was the name of this influential uh, Jewish leader who was Saul of Tarsus' mentor? He was his leader. What was this man's name? You'll find the answer in Acts chapter five, verse thirty-four. Give me a call, 210-340-9585. If you know the name of the Apostle Paul or Saul, if you know the name of his teacher, his mentor, 
who was a member of the Sanhedrin. Give us a call, 210-340-9585, and we'll put your name in the drawing for this brand-new copy of the Bible that we're going to be giving out this evening. All right, let's see. Now we told, okay, what through these chapters 16, we've got to get, let's give the main points. One of the main points is in this fellow named Cornelius. Uh, Peter, now we're going to switch from talking about Paul. We're going to talk about Peter a little bit. Peter was up in a city called Joppa, and he had a vision of uh, God. He was taking a nap after lunch, I think, or something like that, and God shows him a vision of a great sheet or cloth being lowered from heaven. And there were all kinds of animals in there, both kosher and non-kosher, what they would call clean and unclean. And and God says, take and eat. And Peter says, oh, no, Lord, not me. <laughs> I've never eaten any unclean food. I'm, you know, I'm, I only eat kosher. And, and then God says, don't call what I call clean mm. unclean. Mm-hmm. And so, Mm-mm. wow, what in the <laughs> world did that mean? What yeah. is Peter supposed to make out of this? Yeah. And then he's told that there's some people coming to see you, and they're going to ask you to go visit them, and you are to go with them. And so we see there in Acts chapter 10, uh, Cornelius is a Roman centurion, a Roman officer, a Gentile, uh, evidently a convert or at least a believer in in uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so he sent. He also has a vision, and is told send up to Joppa, sends a message to tell Peter to come down, and so he sends. For, and so the Holy Spirit. Maybe, there's yeah. the Holy Spirit coordinating. That's you know, yeah. setting the appointment, the agenda. So Peter goes down and he meets this Roman officer. He goes into his home, which was forbidden mm-hmm. uh, and kind of dangerous for both of them um, to do. But he goes to his home. He preaches the message of the gospel to Cornelius and his family, and they believe and come to follow Jesus as the Messiah of Israel. And how do you know that? How is that? Well, they say it, of course, but then also they exhibit this same gift this same thing happens to them, of the Holy Spirit coming upon them, and they receive this sign of glossolalia, speaking in other languages without learning it. And and so Peter sees that. He understands now the message of the sheet that God is, you know, don't you call unclean, you know, Gentiles. And then they say, what I'm calling clean. I've come yeah. for the Gentile world as well. Yeah. So uh, they they baptize these new believers they are grafted in, as Paul comes to understand, they are grafted in to become part of Israel, mm-hmm. part of the people of God, and our understanding there. And uh, that's a great, great lesson in Acts chapter 10. Right, I love those. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Mm. Preaching the message of Jesus is that message that, it, it, in other words, the message of Jesus wasn't mm. it really the first understanding of salvation. People knew that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was saved. He worked in their lives and he saved them and so on. But but now we're given, in a, now that Messiah has come, there's a much more sure 
perfect understanding of how he has carried out the work of redemption. And now people can have a confident, secure relationship with God based on the manifest, the the revealed plan of redemption now in the Messiah. So this message is much more clear, much more specific, much more positive and for all people so and it's, it's much a, more in, yeah internal and and personal I, I just love that language of the queen and the unclean mm-hmm. that had been so associated with the foods you eat the time of month you're in yeah that it had been so the tied people you meet from to the, you know, to yeah, the levitical your relationships law, uh-huh. and and all along though it was about the, your your the own heart, heart yes you <laughs> And uh, all that, along, yeah. that, that's what Jesus and did. people in the Old Testament understood that this isn't the right. first time. I mean, they understood. They understood. Uh, there were yeah. many follow, like you mentioned, Ruth, uh, the Moabites, and, and Rahab. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are others. We mentioned them because they're so striking and clear. But there are so many others among the mighty men of David and, mm-hmm. and, and the thirty mighty men that the are listed. Uriah, the, Uriah the Hittite. Yeah, the, the, there, there are so many from other other mm-hmm. uh, cultures and, so, and, and nations. But they believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so now we're understanding that in a, in very clearly, it's made clear here in the example of of. Cornelius. Uh, uh, Cornelius. Yeah. Well, what else can we talk about? Uh, <laughs> Peter is released from prison. They're having a prayer meeting. <laughs> I love that story. They're having a prayer meeting that Peter would be released from prison. And Peter shows up at the door, knocks on the door, and, and like, they no, open the door praying. and they go, oh, no, it can't be Peter. He's in prison. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes you've got to put a little faith with your prayer, right? I mean, we're, we're called upon to believing prayer. That you know? is really, that's just so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Very, very typical of. We can re- relate to that for sure. Yeah. What else do we want to emphasize in the minute we have left? We have the first Ju- the first European convert to the gospel, Lydia, who is a businesswoman, a seller of expensive, expensive purple cloth and dye uh, in the city of Philippi. She becomes the first believer of, of Europe, the first mm-hmm. European believer. Most all of the, tra- the travels of the Apostle Paul, his mission journeys, are in uh are in Turkey, what is called modern day. All seven of the churches listed in the book of the Revelation are listed there, and those are all in the modern uh, nation of Turkey today. So uh, we have these stories of how Paul took this message of redemption and hope and salvation to all the nations and people groups. And out there were these little potted plants, the synagogues. There were Jews that had been scattered all over the Roman Empire. They were there ready to receive and understand the message of the Messiah, the Savior. And it was just God's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And, and this message exploded across the Roman Empire. It's so fun to read it. It's I so exciting, it. especially it is, if you've yeah. ever had been on a mission trip. And I have uh, the thrill and the excitement. You get a sense of it. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you start to really feel the, you know, how in Revelation, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, mm. and he is building a, a different kind of kingdom, and you start to really, see, of course, see it, see it come together in Acts. It's uh, a really great jump kickstart. Oh yeah, but it's not without a price. It's no. not just, it's not easy. There's some, there's some suffering. There's some sure. hardship. There's some difficulty, but they face it with courage. They face it with hope. They face it. Uh, it's just so exciting to read the book of Acts. And it's so important a book for us to read today 
so that we can know what our role is. We are a continuation now of the book of Acts, and sometime in the future in glory, we'll tell our books, our chapters of the book of the Acts the of the Bible Holy Spirit. See you next week. Helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.